Hello. Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 16 of the Massive Fans Book Club Podcast. Today we're going to see uh, some chapters with some, uh, uh, how should I put this? Um, it's going to be a little stressful. It's going to be yep. a little stressful. Yep. <laughs> For Definitely. a lot of reasons. So, um, anyway, that's chapters uh, 60 through 64 of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. Um, hey, Kim. At the mm. end of this episode, uh, we will be at the 80% mark on the Kindle for this book. Can you believe it? Whoa, really? Wow. <laughs> According to the Nook, chapter 60 is 75%. Yeah. So I believe it. So, because yeah. I'm... I'm at 75. So I believe that when I when we finish 64 at the end of 64, I'm gonna look at it and it will say yeah. 80%. Yep, it's wild. Uh and can you also believe that you're gonna do the spiel again? <laughs> <laughs> um hmm. yeah, 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 I can. It's it's what we do. It's what we do. So... <laughs> In that vein, please remember this podcast isn't for little ears. <laughs> please, please, <laughs> between the <laughs> topics and our our mouths, please. It's just not for little ones. Um, and as always, we really do encourage you, please reach out. Uh, feel free to contact us on any and all of our platforms. And, you know, per use, we're going to share our socials at the end of the show and in our show notes. So use them bother us we enjoy it yes please bother us <laughs> okay so i know the chapters i'm covering like i'm all about but you're gonna kick us off and like we're picking up where we left off and we're in the middle we're surreal mm-hmm. down i repeat surreal down <laughs> and we're hauling ass towards the weaver's cottage with the anthe on our tail right like that yep, yep. mm-hmm. no you didn't okay that's cool. it that's where we were so like i said it's gonna get a little stressful um so what happened next <laughs> okay so chapter 60 remember yeah. the end of 59 Farah had slid in the door and was holding on to it to keep it from being closed on her to lure anthe in and chapter 60 quite literally opens with Feyre holding on to that door like she she uh. she is just digging her heels in and she's throwing everything she has left strength wise into literally keeping this door from being shut and it's trying the weaver's magic is trying to close it and she's just holding on to it and the the weaver is like thief and then um because remember the weaver knows who fair is can probably yeah. identify her by her smell I was about um, to say that. I was going to be like, she sniffed her out. <laughs> yeah, I think she sniffed her out. Um, so anyway, but, you know, the Weaver knew who Pharaoh was. And I, I think Anthea is such an idiot. I swear to God. Because she's like, you do know that we'll have to kill whoever is inside there with you. Selfish of you, Pharaoh. I God, you're a fucking idiot. I I'm a little confused because I feel like the Weaver is just like, well known amongst like the night courtians. <laughs> so like what the fuck about the spring courtians? <laughs> like, well, remember, Anthony 
the last 50 years, Ianthe hasn't even been on Prithian. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. But still, I and don't she's know. Got two, and, and, she's got two hybrid, and she's got two Hybern soldiers with her. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think Ianthe is, honestly, I don't think Ianthe is smart enough. Yeah, she's not from around these parts. So she does <laughs> not She's not the brightest bulb in the drawer. <laughs> you know? Just saying. Yeah. So, I, you know, Fair is hiding. She's literally doing everything she can to keep an eye on Ianthe and the Hybern soldiers at the same time hiding from them. And the weaver is getting closer and she's like, you've seen my twin. I smell him on you. Okay, Which, that's just creepy. I was going to say, and you know, Feyre's like, but like, I took baths. <laughs> like, why? How? <laughs> Ew. It's not like it, it was yesterday. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's not like she's like, oh yeah, I just came straight here. From, yeah, like, no. Sure, I came here right from the prison just after seeing your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the weaver is funny because she's like, what are you? So I think the weaver suddenly realized that Feyre isn't like the other Fae. She's spatial. <laughs> Which she, every time. She's unique. But I not the don't eat the paste kind. <laughs> no, no, no. And Anthony is still being Anthony, and she's like, Feyre, you can be quite tedious. And she's right outside the door at this point. And Farrah is just like, get in here because I want to, I want to like swing around the door and get the F out of here. And she's like, do you think you can ambush us in there? I saw your shield. You're drained. And I do not think your glowing trick will help. And the weaver's like, who did you bring, little wolf? Who did you bring to me? <laughs> the weaver's like, who this little bitch, though? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I want to say, I, I, you know, in my own mind, like, I can totally see the weaver in her own way. She's doing her plotty fingers thing, man, you know? Yes, yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Long, mm-hmm. long, skinny yeah. fingers, yep. Yes. And so Anthony and the guards have finally stepped over the threshold, and they pass the door, and they don't see Farah in the shadows. And Feyre turns to the weaver and says, dinner. And she whirls around the door and gets to the outside and she lets go of the handle. So she's out of the house and the door slams shut. Yes. And there's this flash of Feylight. And the, the uh, Anthe did the light the room to see who is in the cottage. Feyre takes off. And she says, I was already hurtling for the trees when the guards and Ianthe began screaming. <laughs> Love it. Love oh, it. darn. Chucky Poo Ianthe. Oh, shucks. So sad. Mm, I think she got oh. what she was deserving. Oh, darn. <laughs> oh, shucks. And we get a snowflake. And the screams followed favor for quite a while, but they finally stopped. Whether she got too far away or they just stopped, we don't know. And she gets to where the cereal is. And she she was really hoping the cereal would have been able to get up and get away. But Suri had taken enough ash arrows in enough places that Suri isn't going anywhere. Suri is literally sprawled out on the ground. 
really struggling to breathe, getting very, you know, labored. At this point, even Pharaoh realizes that Suri isn't going to make it. Suri's dying. And Pharaoh's like, I can help you. I can heal you. And then Suri is like, your magic is spent. Do not waste it. Which, you know what? I got to respect the Suriel for that. I know. I know. And Pharaoh's arguing with it to save him, you know, save Suri. And Suri's like, I'm already gone. Pharaoh's like, well, what can I do? And Suriel says, stay. Stay until the end. And all Pharaoh knew to say at that point was, I'm sorry. Yeah, but like, remember, this is like such a callback. To, like, early on when Feyre had said that. Or, like, the only wish she had was, like, if it was the end that she wouldn't want to be alone. And, like, Reese knew that about her. And, like, he even said, right. like, you know, at the end, like, when looking back at the end of the events of Akatar, being like, I just didn't want you to be alone. And it's right. like, now now it's a come full circle. Or, like, the surreal doesn't want to be alone. And Feyre's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and poor Feyre is, you know... She's blaming herself because she brought the surreal there. So she's feeling really guilty. She's having, she's having some serious guilt going on. And Surreal tells her, you know, I knew about the tracking spell. And then Farrah's like, so why did you come? And this, this kills me because it's like, you were kind. You fought your fear. You were kind. And Farrah just loses it. At this point, she's bawling. You know, fear is like, thank you for helping me when nobody else would. I'm just going to read this little section. I was going to say, I know I love this. A small smile on that lipless mouth. Pharaoh Archeron, a labored breath. I told you to stay with the High Lord, and you did. It's warning to me that first time we'd met. You meant Reese. All this time. All this time. Stay with him. And live to see everything righted. Yes, I I did. And it was. No, not yet. Stay with him. I will. I always would. It's chest rose then fell. I don't even know your name, I whispered. The Surreal. It was a title, a name for its kind. That small smile again. Does it matter, Cursebreaker? Yes. The eyes dimmed, but Surrey didn't tell her. It only said, you should go now. Worse things, worse things are coming. The blood, it draws them. And Feyre says, I can stay a little longer. And she acknowledges she'd killed enough animals when she was hunting for her family. She knew when death was near. So the Surreo looks at her and says, Feyre Archeron. The Surreo said again, gazing at the leafy canopy. The sky peeking through it, a painful inhale, a request. I leaned close, any, anything, another rattling breath. Leave this world a better place than how you found it. I know. And it says, as its chest rose and stopped altogether, as its breath escaped in one last sigh, I understood why the Surreal had come to help me again and again, not just for kindness, but because it was a dreamer. Ah. 
I know, Suri dies. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. And at which point, Feyre puts her head down and just starts weeping. As do we all. As do we all. Yes. And then, we don't know how much time has passed, but a hand is on her shoulder. Yeah, this is so random. <laughs> Look, because she was so absorbed with the surreal, she wasn't paying attention to who was around her. Right. And she's like, I didn't know the scent, the feel of that hand, but I knew the voice. As Helian softly said to me, come, Farah, it is not safe here, come. And Farah's like, I can't leave it here. Um, and Helian's like, I'll take care of it. Don't, you know, like, don't worry. And she realized he meant he would burn it. And he got ready. And she's like, wait. And she looks at Helian. She's like, give me your Coke, please. Poor Helian has no idea why she's asking for his cloak. But he's just like, okay. <laughs> okay, it's going to make you happy. And so she took the the cloak. And she says, I didn't bother to explain as I covered the surreal's body with the fine fabric. Far finer than the hateful rags Ianthe had given it. I tucked the High Lord's cloak gently around its broad shoulders, its bony arms. Thank you, I said one last time to the surreal and stepped away. And Helene's flame was pure, blinding white. So Helene then burns it away. Burns the body. And then Helene's like, come, let's take you to camp. And his kindness is what was breaking her at this point. Yeah. And as they go away, she sees Helion's wind that he uses when he when he winnows blow the ashes of what was left of the Soriel away. And that that is the end of the chapter. Mm, I told you it was a lot. I know it's sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. I guarantee you, every last one of us who are who are fans that are new to the that are not new to this when this happens in the series we're all going to be bawling our eyeballs out ain't that the truth ain't that the truth we're all like no no sorry no we'll be cheering at the very beginning when when favor lures Anthony and highburn into the weavers exactly cabin. we'll be like but, yeah. but uh <laughs> when Suri dies we're all going to be crying yeah big buckets um, but that's literally the end of chapter 60. So chapter 61. Is annoying. Sorry, <laughs> Tell me how you feel there. Tell me how you feel about it there, Kelsey. Chapter 61 is annoying. I have like a lot of things about, like there are a lot of, just just, re- just tell us about it. Because there are just a lot of things that irritate the living daylights out of me about this chapter. I just, like, really want to come in and start slapping people. Anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, it opens with with Helion literally winnering Feyre into the camp, right into Reese's war tent. So, there's that. Good work. <laughs> Go, Helion. Helion's like, I nailed it! <laughs> He's like, here you go! Found her! Um, and she went to open her mouth and Reese just reaches for her and she just... Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm suddenly... As soon as he wraps his arms around her, she just starts bawling her eyeballs out. I like, shouldn't be laughing. I'm, 
But I'm laughing because I'm suddenly picturing Helian showing up and being like, yo, you lose something? <laughs> like, what would I found? Yo, looking for something? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And apparently everybody who was in the tent disappears. Farrah had no idea who was even in it. But they all left while Farrah cried in Reese's arms. Sure. And we get a snowflake. <laughs> At least it's quick, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, Farrah finds out that she only heard what had happened after she stopped crying, so I have to give Reese credit. He let her lose her shit and run her down hers. And he had washed the Soriel's black blood off of her, which, thank God, because, yeah, you know. appreciate you know. But as soon as she heard, she goes tearing out of the tent. Of course, Reese is right behind her. She goes into another tent, and as it says, as I shoved through the flaps of another tent and took stock of what and who was before me. More and Azrael standing before the cot, monitoring every move of the healer sitting beside it made. As she held her glowing hands over Cassian. I understood then. The quiet Cassian had once mentioned to me. It was now in my head as I looked at his muddy, pained, face, pained, even in unconsciousness, as I heard his labored, wet breathing, as I beheld the slice curving up from his navel to the bottom of his sternum. The split flesh, the blood, mostly just trickle, and I swayed, only for Reese to grip me beneath the elbows. And all Farah has to ask is how like she she can't even form more than that well which is fair what the it, hell it else is. is there to say <laughs> it's, it's a lot um and apparently she found out that they had won barely tarquin again was allowed to decide what to do with any and all survivors and cassian had been injured gravely more takes one look at her and the only thing more can say is where were you she just shook her. Farrah's shaking her head. She's like, I can't even. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. And I think if she hadn't been in shock from watching the surreal die, I think it wouldn't have been too bad. But she's still dealing with that. So sure, then you deal with sure. that on top of watching Cassian basically at death's door at this point. I don't think Farrah's capable of much of anything. So apparently she says that she had let Reese into her mind when, when uh, she was crying and he was comforting her. And she had showed him... <laughs> Everything that happened with Ianthe and the Surreal and the Weaver and all of it. Reese's eyes had gone distant for a moment, and I knew Amarin was on her way, the book and toe, to help Nesta track the cauldron or try to. He could explain it to more, because she just, she could not even, like, get her head Sure. Apparently, Reese had only realized she was gone after the battle had stopped. And when he suddenly put together also that more was fighting. And he what she he realized that she's not at the camp anymore. He had reached Lane's tent when Helian had sent word that he had found Farah. So at least, it yeah, it all been, got cleared up pretty quick. Yeah, it wasn't like she was missing for hours, and they were all like, "Where the hell is she?" Like totally freaking right. the fuck out, right? And Farah can't even get out the question asking if it, if if Cass is gonna live or die. Poor Farah. She's she's literally she's she's not having a good 
moment here. And the healer, mm-hmm. healer is like, no, he'll be sore for a few days, though. So the good news is Cassian will live. Right. Um, yay. And then Pharaoh's like, how? She just, she, you know, last thing she knew, he was fine. Like, Right. Right. She's like, so did explain to me? I wasn't gone that long. Right. <laughs> I thought she was gone maybe an hour, hour and a half. Right. I bet that's all it was. Right? Yeah, I bet so. And Moore's like, he wouldn't wait for us. He kept charging, trying to reform the line. One of their commanders engaged him, and he wouldn't turn away. By the time As got there, he was down. And then Moore's like, where did you go? And this is why I want to start slapping people. Yeah. And this of course, is about the point where were, what is wrong with fucking what? What? Well, yeah. And then the healer is funny because she's like, <laughs> Healer is like the MVP. <laughs> I love her. She's like, If you're in a fight, take it out. Take it outside of the tent. Like, I just, not here. Out. It, go. Bye. It ain't going to help nobody in here. And Reese is just funny because he's, he's, he kind of plays peacemaker here. Is. And he goes, you are, as always, free to go wherever and whenever you wish. But I think more is saying is, try to leave a note next time. <laughs> right. Let us know where you are. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Farrah does apologize to, to Reese and to everybody else. Right. Which is, like, all, in my opinion, all there is to do in this moment. Right. Like, <laughs> that that's it period we're done like <laughs> right and then you know Reese is like look you don't have anything to be sorry for you decided to take things into your own hands you got us valuable information I don't know why he wants to do that but it's not it would not have been a smart thing for him to do right which is why I'm gonna start slapping people in a second right and then, you know, he does say out loud, he goes, well, I wonder if the Weaver forgives you now. Right. Which is, to me, his way of being like, eh, what's done is done. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think it's also a way to kind of push everybody's temper back a bit, too. Yeah. And as it says in here, even the healer seemed to start at the name. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, here's the thing. She didn't, like, go out to buy shoes. Like... No. <laughs> Anyway, and you know, Fair's like, I want to know, and Reese is like, well, then let's just never find out. Fair enough, (laughs) I get that. And he does tell her down the bond that the surreal was not her fault, and she's like, I know, but she's still feeling guilty, and I get that too, you know, and. As she says, she goes, I lose the breath as Cassian eyelids begin to shift and flutter. And then thinking about the surreal, she's like, I'd already added its death to my ever-growing list of things I'd soon make Highburn pay for. Yeah. So, I, I kind of am getting the whole Inigo Montoya revenge thing. <laughs> I, don't know. I love it. Yeah, no. It's like, alright, girlfriend, you gotta back off a little. Cassian finally comes to I love it. The healer's hysterical. She's like, well, that's what you get for stepping in front of a sword. I know. I know. I love her. You go, girl. Um, 
And then, of course, he's looking, Cassian's looking at Reese, and he's like, well, how bad? Sure. And then Reese is like, how bad was your injury? Or how badly did we have our asses kicked? And Cassian's just, like, still trying to come out of all of this fog. Reese goes, this is funny, because he goes, to answer the second question, more and Azrael backing a step or two away as something sharpened in my mate's voice. We managed. Kier took heavy hits, but we won, barely. To answer the first, Reese bared his teeth. Don't you ever pull that kind of shit again. The glaze wore off Cassian's eyes as he heard the challenge. The anger had tried to sit up. He hissed, scowling down at the red, angry slice down his chest. Your guts were hanging out, you stupid prick, Reese snapped, as held them in for you. Which is a great picture, by the way. I mean, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. But, like, it paints such a clear picture of, like, how poorly this went for Cass. <laughs> it kind of paints a picture of how poorly everything kind of went, you know? Right, right. Yeah. But I, I respect it because Cass is like, look, I'm a soldier. It's part of the job. Right? And Reese right. is like, I gave you an order to wait, and you ignored it. And Fair is suddenly kind of doing the, she's looking at Moore and Azrael, and she's like, do we stay? Do we remain? Do we, what do we do, right? No, I'm not and they're too busy watching Reese and Cassian. So she's like, I guess I'm staying. Yep, guess I'm watching. And Reese basically lights Cassian a new ass. For all intents and purposes, yeah. he lights Cassian's ass on fire and gives him yeah. a new in the process. Because he's like, I am your high lord. You don't get to disregard orders that you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That took like 45 seconds and everything is fine. Everybody feels better. Like, that yeah. makes sense. What Absolutely. is about to happen doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> True. So at this point, Feyre does leave the tent. She's going to let Reese and Cassian kiss and make up. And apparently, Moore and Asriel take off right behind her. Right. And she gets right outside of the tent, and her eyes have to adjust to the change in light. Because it's almost nighttime. Right. And poor Nesta is standing by this nearest tent. She has empty water bucket. And, I mean, she's just... She... She, she's terrified to ask. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to say. I know I'm with you. I'm with you. I know where you're going. I know why you're upset. I see. Y'all can't see the look on her face. But oh my God, she's pulling her hair. I'm pulling my hair out, guys. This is about to be. This is the point where, like, if I were Nesta, I don't know what my powers are at the moment, but if I could make flames shoot out of my eyeballs, they would. Uh, so Fair does just she takes the edge right off. She looks at her and she's like, "He's fine, healed and awake." And poor Nesta then sags in relief because she's just like, "Oh my god, right. thank God!" Right? Poor right. thing, she has no idea. She does realize also though that she wants to talk to Nesta because she needs to talk to her about the whole thing with Amran and hunting for the cauldron. And she's like, "Oh, this saves me that." But then more steps up. I'm about to rip my fucking face off. And more, very not nicely in any way, shape, or form, says, shouldn't you be refilling that bucket? Because Nesta had been trying to be useful and taking care of water. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
Uh, really, really more. I'm sure I just hurt somebody's ears. If you're wearing headphones, I'm sorry. But I... What fucking planet has she been on? I know. More! Would you have also, back in Akamath, walked up to Reese and been like, Hey, we lost Feyre, but you're fine. Shut up and sit down! Like... <laughs> no? If the answer is no, then don't fucking do it now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. I feel a little bit better, yeah. but I'm about to get just as pissed off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, I'm being very calm and patient because I'm just letting like Kelsey lose it because I know she's going to. She has feelings, people. She has feelings. And it's funny because I do too. However... However, she's keeping her hair in her hair, in her head. I am yanking mine out. So one of us is faring better. And it's Kim. <laughs> when I'm oh, bald my hair, tomorrow. <laughs> my, hair, my hair's thin enough these days. Let's not make it any thin, thinner, okay? It's always bald. been thin in time. But let's not make it any thinner at all. Uh, hmm? People... People may enjoy hearing me scream at the top of my lungs, or maybe they've turned their phone, their phones and their cars like way down, but they may enjoy listening to me scream. But at the end of the day, you're going to be the one with hair. <laughs> so... <laughs> so... <laughs> so... <laughs> so as fun as I sound. <laughs> You gonna be the one with hair. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm gonna be the bald one. <laughs> uh, Nesta sizes more up, and for whatever reason, Nesta decides to take the high road, and she just walks away. Which Good is girl, Nesta. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm not Nesta. Because if I was Nesta, this is a moment when all shit would have broken loose. And I guess I'd be dead. Because <laughs> more would have taken me out. <laughs> Pretty much. And she turns, Fair turns, and Azrael's going off to the commander scent because he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> oh, man. do I hear my mom call? <laughs> I got a job to do. Gotta go. Bye-bye. I need to, I need to use the John. I'll be back. Yeah, like, I have to take a really big poo. <laughs> I'll be gone a while. I'm finding the latrine. See y'all later. Bye. <laughs> anyway, more. However, more is just livid. Okay. So favor's like, look, I didn't lie. I just didn't tell you what I was planning. And more's thinking, you know, you. And 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 in fairness, Morse like, look, you encouraged me to go down and fight. You you kept it kind of saying, go go do it. And Favor's like, I'm sorry. And of course, Morse hit hysteric screaming level, and she's like, sorry. <laughs> you know the type of people, right? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. She's. It's a question, but it's not a calm one. Morse hysterical. So I'm I'm gonna just read this little section here. I know everything you're about to say. Every excuse for why I couldn't go with you, Moore snapped. 
but none of it excuses you for lying to me. If you'd explained, I would have let you go. If you'd trusted me, I would have let you go. Or maybe talked you out of an idiotic idea that nearly got you killed. They are hunting for you. They want to get their hands on you and use you, hurt you. You've only seen a taste of what Highburn can do, what they delight in. And to break you to his will, the king will do anything. I didn't know what to say other than we needed this information. Mm-hmm. Of course we did. But did you know what it would, what it felt like to look Reese in the eye and tell him I had no idea where you were to realize for myself that you had vanished and likely duped me into enabling it? I thought you were smarter than that, better than that sort of thing. About the time that Feyre and I are kind of on the same page, except Feyre is about to use words, and I would have ripped off Moore's eye. I do not understand this section at all. Do you realize that our argument boils down to if you had asked me? Moore basically says, if you had asked me, I would have said no. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, right. That's why she didn't ask you, you stupid bitch. Like, what? Because <laughs> Moore starts off her argument by saying, if you had exactly asked me. Exactly what Farrah knew she was going to say. Right, just like, if you had asked me, if you had trusted me, I would have let you go. <laughs> and then literally three, sec- three sentences later, she's like, or I would have talked you out of it. Right. Which means in the moment, if Favor had said, hey, I got an idea. I think I need to go do a thing. You would have said. I'm sorry. <laughs> you would have said no. <laughs> Okay, clearly you're emotional, and I'm sorry about that, but we needed this information. You're like, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it gets better, though. We're not done. That's the best part. Because Farrah's finally like, Farrah said her fuck it switch, and she's ready to leave. And more is like, Reese might be all smiles and forgiveness, but you still have us to answer to. You are my high lady. Do you understand what it means when you imply you don't trust us to help you, to respect your wishes if you want to do something alone, when you lie to us? Okay, before I go any further, can we just say, did she whip Reese a new asshole for this? Like when he did the whole thing with Amarantha? Because I assure you, he didn't tell them about what he was doing with Amarantha. (laughs) So did she get pissy with him for for lying to them about that? I mean, here's come on. Here's the thing. We kind of know from Akamath that Cassian sort of did. But that's right. why I think the Cassian-Reese dynamic makes a lot more sense, which is it's a 45-second, I hate you because you scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I right. get it. Okay, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
Cassian mm-hmm. did that to Reese when Reese got back after Amarantha, I can almost guarantee it. And now Reese is doing it to Cassian now. You know what I mean? So, okay, okay. Yeah. Like, that dynamic I can wrap my head around. It's 45 seconds. It's not particularly, like, mean-hearted. It's really from a, like, you know, when you yell at your kid because they do something that scares you. And you're like, oh, my God, you could have gotten hurt. You scared the crap out of me. You know what I yep. mean? Like, that's, oh, yeah. that's what's happening with Cassian and Reese. I don't know what the fuck more it's talking about. <laughs> because, like, she's just babbling and she's like like, she's kind of unhinged a little yeah like i have a really big question and it's it's she's like she's like yeah now you have us to answer to or whatever you're our high lady i guarantee like bitch you are the most useless what is she second no amarin second bitch you are the most useless third if this is your thought process that would be like saying you know what i'm gonna question the queen of england's decision making process well then guess what you don't live in england anymore <laughs> like, pretty much i don't understand and then for her to pull the trust card is really ironic given we are three books in we've known more for like 25 fucking minutes i mean obviously longer than that but like we're not fucking like related you know what i mean so like we don't really know more and all we know about more is she's a boat to be the truth teller so how the fuck could she not Sarah was playing her. What is her deal? What is the truth teller? I don't know. Well, uh, it gets really personal really fast and kind of ugly. Because yeah. Farrah... Yeah. More, more got to Farrah with the whole when you lie to us. Farrah comes back. Yeah, she does um, have fangs and teeth and claws, you guys. And she okay, does fight with them on occasion. In fairness, what Feyre is about to say is like, yeah, you want to be like, oh, that was a personal dig. But with the way Moore just fucking acted with Nesta like 45 seconds ago, she fucking asked for it. Yep. She set herself up. Like, more, what a dick move. Like, now, like, uh, no, under normal circumstances, I would have been like, Fairer, that was kind of uncalled for. But in these circumstances, I'm like, nah, go for it, because Moore's lost her fucking marbles. Well, not only that, but Moore's already done her cock block, so let's figure out what the right. fuck is going on. So what Fairer says is, you want to talk about lying. How about the fact that you lie to yourself and all of us every single day? Thank you. And of course, Moore's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And Pharaoh's like, why? Haven't you ever made a move for Azrael more? Why did you invite Healy into your bed? You clearly found no pleasure in it. I saw the way you looked the next day. So before you accuse me of being a liar, I'd suggest you look long and hard at yourself. And more cuts her off and she's like, that's enough. Which is wild. Like, Yeah. Moore is definitely one of these, I can dish it, but I can't take it types. Pretty much. And Moore kicks her out. Fair's like, fine. And she storms out of Moore's tent. She didn't get very far because Amran finds her. Yay! Amran's here. Yay! Mm-hmm. 
and she finds her and she's got this wrap bundle in her arms so we all know she has the book because that's what the bundle is right Amarin's hysterical. She's such a mom. She goes, every time you lot leave me at home, someone manages to get gutted. (laughs) I love her so much. So you you go Amarin. Like, take her to task. And that, that's the end of chapter 61. Okay. So now I have to ask the question that has been bothering me since I reread this section because... I sort of forgot about this section, truth be told, until we got to it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, because I remember being infuriated the first time. But now upon the second reread, I have a question. And this is a question for anybody listening as well. So you are welcome to comment or message us because I truly do not understand. Why do we like more again? No, like, really? I cannot remember a thing in this book that she does, like, particularly in Akawar. I can remember, like, two whole moments in Akamath. I cannot remember a single thing she does in Akawar that doesn't make me want to fucking slap her. Yeah. I don't she remember not at, She is not at her best in this book. Okay, but even in Akamath, save for her actually, like, getting Feyre out... And then, like, two hilarious comments, like, momentarily after that. I can't even name anything particularly, like, nice that she does in Akamath. And I... She was far more to a friend... She was far more a friend to Feyre in Akamath than... than... All right. You might have a point there. But, like... But, you know what? We we would have been friends even without that. Like, we had already started that process without that. But that's what, but like, I don't know. And I, I, like I said, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really trying to sit here. I, and I, like, I came and adopted you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, didn't, I did yeah, not give you, you a choice. I, I came and adopted you. <laughs> okay. I guess, okay. I guess really what my thought process is, is this. I, we've made it this far into Akalar. We obviously haven't have finished it yet. But after, you know, basically looking at three books, and that the thought process for Feyre is, wow, wouldn't it be nice to have a friend who's a girl? I'm really frustrated because I feel like in Akawar we had more, or in Aka, in Akatar we had more reason to believe that Feyre and Alice would be friends than we have mm-hmm. reason to believe that Feyre and Moore are going to be friends after this. Do you see what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. I do. I totally see what you're saying. Like, I believe that when Alice and Feyre disagreed about things, they would be able to get past it. Mm-hmm. I, looking at, like, what we know from Akamath and now Akawar, I if I were Feyre and this argument just happened, I would not feel like I had any reason to go out of my way to, like, apologize to more or try to be friends again. Because as far as Feyre is concerned, more is unreasonable, more is leading on Asriel, and more keeps fucking cock-blocking Nesta and Cassian. So I, what what the fuck is more's upside? She's supposedly a truth teller and she can't even fucking get that right. So like. <laughs> no, and I, and, and I agree. I mean, there's that. There's also the whole. It's your husband's cousin. Like. I mean, Amor's been more more's been so emotional this whole book. That's what I'm saying. I mean, look so at her I... meltdown over the whole asking Kier to bring his 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 Darkbringers right, right to join, yes. and she loses her right. shit when when 
the asking price is them to come to Valaris. Well, great. So they're going to come. And if she thinks Reese isn't going to do something to make it miserable as fuck for them, then she she's stupid. Right. Which is, I guess what I'm saying, too, is like, if the whole argument is going to hinge on more being like, you don't trust me. You don't trust me. Yeah. So... I'm not sure why this is a favorite problem. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I just, like I said, I go back to my original question, which is like, my question for the listeners is, yeah. uh, like, w- I clearly am not a huge fan of more. And I will, uh, it's not even like a spoiler, but spoiler, you know, obviously there's more more in this book. And I can tell you but that by the end of this book, I'm still not a fan of more. I can tell you that by the end of Akafas, I am still not a fan of more. I am just not particularly a fan of more. <laughs> And I guess my question is, is can somebody explain to me why they are? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I say I'm a fan of hers. No, I love more. I mean, more makes me laugh. Okay. And so from the comedic, from the comedic standpoint, I I like her and I appreciate her. Her Right. Particularly in Akamath. That's what I mean. Her comedic timing in Akamath was, was worth it. And, and some of that will come back in Akafas, but but all of that being said, okay, I'm not, I'm not, oh my God, Moore's the best. Like, she's not my favorite. Like, my favorite <laughs> of the inner circle, aside from Reese and Farah, is Cassian. Sure. I adore Cassian. Yeah. I'm like such a big Cassian fan. I decided upon reread, I'm Amran's biggest fan, and I would go being an Amran cult. Uh, <laughs> I like I like Aaron. Don't get me wrong, but I like Cassian, and I yeah. think like for me, Cassian, Cassian reminds me a lot of, of of some of my closest guy friends, and I think that has a lot sure. to do with it. And so because of it, I know Cassian and I would be good friends. Like we would just we'd hang out and shoot the shit and just be See? buddy buddy. And I think that's maybe why more like looking at what you just said now, maybe that's why more irritates me so much because to me, she is like the anti Amarin. Like Amarin is like sassy and bitchy in a way that makes sense to me where mm-hmm. it's like coming from a place of like, no, I just have a lot of fucking knowledge. And also I actually don't want you to get hurt. So I'm going to tell you how it is versus mm-hmm. like more doesn't seem to process it the same way. So she's sassy and a bitchy in a way that like my brain can't handle. Right. I agree. And I mean, maybe there, I don't know. I guess the reason I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm asking why people like more. And I, and I, maybe I'm, maybe the answer is nobody does, but book talk would lead me to believe <laughs> that people do. Cause I, I mean, mean awful lot of more cosplays and maybe she's still not your favorite so maybe you still don't have a reason to defend her here i don't know but i just feel like if there's a reason that at this point like i'm talking akatar through akka war that i am supposed to like more i'm really going to need somebody to explain to me what that is (laughs) okay she's not my favorite i do like her um but I'm not like, where's the best? Um, she makes me laugh. She has some hysterical moments. However, her level of emotional 
inability to function and deal yeah. in this book has just got me like ready to rip all my hair out all of my hair out yeah so i'm like girlfriend you need to get over yourself right right doesn't she and get your you? shit together doesn't she remind and, you of every girl you knew in high school who had to be like there's an entire series of tiktoks about this girl the girl that would be like i'm one of the guys i hang out with the guys blah 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 blah. i'm like one of the guys but then when one of the guys would get a girlfriend she'd like lose her fucking mm -hmm. shit mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's really what it is and yeah. I, i'm like okay i i don't know i mean would i be friends with her yes would we be more than acquaintance friends probably not right okay yeah same which is i guess why like favor is a better person than i am because after this argument like i said more would have no eyebrows and we would not talk <laughs> <laughs> i mean i like i like amarin um she's not my favorite either though i mean i, I mean i've told you my favorite yeah, is yeah, yeah. which is like and, fair. yeah I'm not like I'm not like here to argue that like because Amron is my favorite, she should be anybody else's favorite. I'm just here to question why is more anybody else's favorite. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I I know when we met her and I was all excited because it's like I love more. I do in the sense right. of she's funny and irreverent and yeah, you know, from from that point, I I love her for what she brings to the table. Sure. Okay? Um, would I really be friends with more in real life? I don't know. I mean, I would, I would, I would like to think we'd be friends. I just don't know. Um, yeah. She's not mean girls. Like she's not, she's not mean girls. Like I would no. not have an issue with her in that sense, but she definitely, she's used to being one of the guys and being the center of the attention of the guys. And once that starts to go away, yeah. she can't function. And I kind of struggle with that because I'm like, but you've set yourself up for that because you, you haven't, I don't, I mean, I, she hasn't, you know, it's not like she's encouraged them in 500 well, years. Right. And I, and I think that's kind of, I, I don't know, some, part of me wishes Feyre had actually called it for what it was because Feyre's argument was you lie to us every day because you like, you know won't basically tell Azriel which way to go in out the door where the door is like right yeah she strings them along but the to me that was only half the argument and I'm irritated that Feyre didn't bring up the other half of the argument which is also you want to treat Cassian like he's your boyfriend but he's not and he is clearly interested in someone else who is clearly interested in him, but you're just being a bitch about it. Mm -hmm. Like you are asking to be her himbo only. Right. Except for the fact that she doesn't actually want to do any of the things required for that to be the case. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. And I think that's so fucking irritating. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I just. That chapter fucking riles me up. It, it puts your teeth on edge, huh? Yeah, but it's okay because now it's chapter 62 and Amryn says the funniest thing to me. Well, I love Amryn. She's hysterical. It's funny because it's funny in my head. So I'm going to read what the words on the page say and then I'm going to say what I hear in my head and what I wrote in my notes to you about this chapter. 
Because okay. what, Am- what Amron says is, be careful of how you push her. There are some truths that even Morgan has not herself faced. And then Farrah says, like, Farrah doesn't say anything. Farrah is just, like, all pissy for a minute. She's trying to kind of like, <sighs> and Amron goes, we all fight, fight from time to time, girl. Both of you should cool your heels. Talk tomorrow. And Farrah's like, fine. And what I hear from Amron is, yeah, more be like that, though. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more be like that, though. Let it go. <laughs> Why? Water down a duck's back. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Exactly. Oh, that's all I hear. Me anyway. So, yeah. So, I like, luckily, Amron just kind of wraps it up and is like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, th- this happens. Also, I guess the way Amron sees it is like, yeah, Feyre, like, you're like 19 or 20 or whatever. Uh, we're all like really fucking old. So we do this every so often. And because we pretty much like, you know, barring like real catastrophe, can't fucking die. <laughs> we are going to continue to get on each other's nerves till practically the end of time. <laughs> so anyway, moving on from that shit. Uh... Reese and Azriel come in holding Cassian between them because Cassian's still not, you know, fully Functional. all here. Yeah, fully, fully all here with us. Um, he's in pain. He's probably drugged up still. There's, you know, a lot going on there. You and <laughs> in this system. And uh, basically, we all have to get on the same page, right? Which is the second in penultimate pages, the serial claimed the key you were looking for is there to nullify the cauldron's power. And basically, Feyre is like, I assumed Reese told Amran, and that's like why she's here. And she's like, and I also assumed he told someone to fetch Nesta since she, you know, is now also here. And again, we are just lucky that Nesta didn't go like jump off a fucking cliff after the whole Moore situation because. I, I, uh, spoiler, I can't imagine we've made it to this point and this would be a spoiler, but like, they gotta be fucking mates, right? <laughs> um, so. I mean, Farrah and Reese have pretty much had that conversation at right, Thesis Palace. Right. So, like, is more just fucking, like, I thought, I thought we all I knew. I think she's in know. denial. I thought we all knew you don't fuck with mates because they can act fucking crazy. And Nesta's like already kind of crazy. So like, isn't that dangerous? <laughs> so anyway. Just poke the bear. Keep poking right. that bear. We're, we're, lucky that, we're lucky that Nesta's just like, yeah, yeah, I didn't like go key Moore's car right now. I'm glad you could find me. Um, <laughs> anyway. So we were all gathered here to flip through the pages of the book. And uh, long story short, Nesta comes in and there's just kind of an awkward moment where she and Cassian kind of ignore each other. <laughs> um, yeah. But apparently there's like enough tension and awkward that like everybody picks up on it. And we're all just like, okay. Uh, until finally Nesta just like turns so that she's more or less like turned away from Cassian and she's fully facing Amran. And... Amron basically, okay, so Amron basically is like, okay, 
The name of the game, guys, is Bones and Stones. <laughs> um, and Nesta's like, uh, what? What? What are we doing? And we get Reese and Feyre talking to their brains a little here. And basically, he says that, like, okay, he, what he says is, your sister came immediately when I explained what we needed. I think seeing Cassian hurt convinced her not to pick a fight today. And I'm like, okay, so at least that explains why Nesta's here. But apparently nobody filled Nesta in past that point And was just like, okay, show up and uh, we'll go from there. And so Nesta's like, okay, what do you want me to do? And so what she actually says as she's looking at the literal bones and stones that Amron has like produced out of her pocket, like a la uh, a bunch of dice from D&D. Nesta's like, so... I scattered these like some backstreet, char- backstreet charlatan and it'll find the cauldron. And, right. <laughs> and Amron's like, yeah, something like that. So that that's where we're going with this. Um, mm-hmm. Nesta's like, uh, okay, we're literally going to play some like fucked up version of a dice game and something's going to happen. And so Amron explains three stones for the face of the mother, four bones for whatever reason the charlatans came up with that I can't be bothered to remember. And Nesta's like, okay, I got it, I got it. So they're, you know, you hand them to me, but what do I do? I just like shake them around and throw them out and, you know, we see what we see. And she's kind of getting irritated because she's like, nobody's getting, like, I don't know. She's feeling the same way I feel when I show up to like a new game and people are like, we're going to play a game. And you're like, cool, we're going to play a game. And then everybody just like hands you some cards and you're like, what do I do with them? Like, this is mm-hmm. this is nice that you invited me, but I'm gonna need explanations. And people are like, okay, are you ready? And you're like, no, still need the directions. <laughs> I feel like that's how Nesta feels right now. She's like, okay, so I'm finally here. Uh, I know we're doing something with these bones of stones. You explained to me what the bones of stones represent, but you're still not explaining what I'm here for. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's like a weird game of crap. Basically. But basically, there's there's your analogy. It's a weird game of craps, boys and girls. I like it, and it's it's kind of cute because I guess Cassian can sense that she's like about to lose her fucking shit because he's like, we could figure it out, but start with holding them in your hands and thinking about the cauldron. And Amron's like, don't just think about it. You have to cast your mind towards it. Find the bond that links you. And Nesta's like, okay. So assuming that works, uh, do I touch it? And more, and Amron's like, no, you just come close to it. Find it, but do not interact. Okay, got it. Find it, do not interact. Again, I'm going to find a towel is basically what Nesta's saying. Like, I'm glad that I'm getting more information, but it's not the information I need. <laughs> so Nesta kind of freezes up because A, she's confused and B, she's like, great, cauldron, love that, love that for me. Did not pick this life. The cauldron life picked me. And, <laughs> and Cassie, Cassie. That's a song title there. The cauldron <laughs> life picked me. <laughs> I'm full of bullshit today, friends. Uh, Either that or, you know, it would be a great title of Nesta's autobiography. I approve. I'm a little spongy today, boys and girls. 
Well, I'm just still, I'm still trying to come off of my irritation from the last chapter, but it's okay because now like my favorite part of this chapter is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So Nesta's got her bones and stones and she's a little, she's frozen up because A, she's confused and B, she's, you know, scared. And Cassian says, me so. yeah, and Cassian says, nothing can harm you here. And then I'm just going to read it because it's really cute. <laughs> He sucked in a breath, groaning softly, and rose to his feet. Azriel tried to stop him, but Cassian brushed him off and strode to my sister's side. He braced a hand on the desk where he had last stopped. Nothing can harm you, he repeated. Nesta was still looking at him when she finally shut her eyes. I shifted, and the angle allowed me to see what I hadn't detected before. Nesta stood before the map, a fist of bones and stones clenched over it. Cassian remained at her side, his other hand on her lower back. And as I marveled at the touch she allowed, marveled at it as much as I did the mud-spattered hands she held out, the concentration that settled over her face. Her eyes shifted beneath her lids as if scanning the world. I don't see anything. Go deeper, Amran urged. Find that tether between you. She stiffened, but Cassian stepped closer and she settled again. Which I think is really cute. Because he's, like, he actually, like, I don't know. I think it's really cute because this is the moment when, like, you know, we've seen him, like, do nice halfway chivalrous things before. Mm -hmm. And usually she blows them off. But this is finally, like, they're finally kind of getting on the same page here. Which, I mean, I can't say lasts for long, but. (laughs) But for the moment. While we can get it, right? Right. For the moment, we're on the same page. (laughs) And so. A couple of minutes go by and Nesta's eyes were still like scanning and twitching under the eyelids. And uh, she starts to kind of get out of breath. She's like breathing heavy, almost like she's running, she's panting. And so Cassian kind of tries to bring her out of it and is like, Nesta. And Amron's like, no, like don't do that. So she's like, quiet. And finally, Nesta makes this noise that kind of... uh, scares Feyre because Feyre says it sounds like one of terror and Amran is trying to like urge Nesta like kind of speed it up find it like you know do you see it open your hand like okay now's the moment open your hand throw the stones and Nesta's fingers are just like clutching tighter and tighter and Feyre realizes like she's not coming out of this she's like stuck in there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Feyre basically lunges into Nesta's mind. And I think the description is really cool. She says, if Elaine's mental gates were those of a sleeping garden, Nesta's, they belong to an ancient fortress, sharp and brutal, the sort I imagined they once impaled people upon. But they were open wide and inside dark, dark like I had never known, even with Rhysand. And she starts calling for Nesta. And I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) And finally, she's calling for Nesta. She's calling for Nesta. And then all of a sudden, all of these images start like slamming into her. And it's an army stretch over horizon and the king over a map. And all of a sudden, you know, the cauldron. and, And all of a sudden, she does see Nesta. And she finds Nesta standing watching the king the cauldron and Nesta's just frozen in place and Feyre's trying to get her attention she's like okay like you found it like this is this is good now like snap out of it 
and and she doesn't say anything and she's like okay like no really and finally Nesta says Feyre and Feyre's like "Uh uh-huh yeah that's good that's good that's me let's go back now let's go (laughs) time to go yeah time to go before we can't and all of a sudden kind of like I have Sauron kind of you know some Lord of the Rings Mordor shit happens because the cauldron senses them watching right and kind of yeah i can only assume panic (laughs) (laughs) it's fair to be like open your fist open it now like we gotta get the fuck out of here and finally she says open it now or it will get here open it now nesta and then with a gasp nesta's fingers open up and the bones are over the map and she faints and Cassian catches her and he's like, what the hell? Because like, he's like falling apart. So he's like, I'm going down and I'm apparently going to take her with me. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's, that's probably really comfy. Um, really love that for them. And Amran says, look, and says, there is no throw that could have done it. Save for one blessed by magic. The stones and bones formed a perfect tight circle around a spot on the map. And then at this point, Feyre has, uh, Nesta has like stirred. And so now they're all looking at it and it basically points to the fact that the king had amassed like his group on the mm-hmm. Western edge of the human territory. And, so now they're realizing like how close that is to like their family's estate and like just kind of how real <laughs> this situation is. And yeah. we get a snowflake. That seems really random. Anyway, we get a snowflake and it's basically just a time passage snowflake because now Reese has called Tarquin and Helion in to be like, yo guys, we did a thing. Come look at the map. And so they do. And it's just kind of now everybody's like going to have to, um, I don't want to say argue about what to do next because they don't really argue. It's more like we all just agree that no matter what action we take now, it's going to suck and it may or may not work out, (laughs) which is like, which is like really a sad way to put it, but I don't really know any other way to explain it. I think the way I explained it to my husband when we were talking about it was it's kind of like being like, well, we know we're going to lose. But we can't just go home and forfeit. <laughs> like, we still have to show up. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and the way Feyre, because obviously it's all from Feyre's point of view, the way she puts it is, we'd won the high ground in these two battles. Highburn had won the high ground in the war. He knew what waited in the middle, because that's exactly where our friendly little circle is, right? And so now that everybody's just kind of realizing how bad this is about to get they decide that their best chance is probably buying time for the other allies to arrive like they're not going to be able to handle this on their own but Feyre's realizing that like even waiting for their allies like waiting for Callias waiting for Thyssen like it's not gonna work out because even if they manage to find Miriam and Draken like it's still not enough and they're not gonna find them because as Reese points out as they're talking mind to mind text messages they don't have enough time <laughs> Sorry, I love the mind to mind text messages. I it know. always makes me laugh when you say it that way. Isn't it, isn't it great? 
<laughs> but Farah for a moment thinks maybe the carver, like maybe I do need to uh, contemplate this whole mirror fiasco and get the carver. But yeah. she doesn't get to think about it too long before Tarquin is the one to speak up. And he says, we'll rest on it. Meet at dawn tomorrow. Making a decision after a long day never helped anyone. And A, I think that is really good advice. And B, I'm really obsessed with the fact that in like all of these chapters, Tarquin is always the voice of reason, even though he's supposed to be like the 12-year-old High Lord. <laughs> yep, I agree. No, I totally agree. And uh, in case you were like, okay. That's been a chapter. Um, there's a little bit more left that has like nothing to do with anything we've seen to this point. And it's like my favorite part of the whole chapter. And I know I think I've already said that other parts are my favorite, but this part is actually my favorite. This part is hysterical. I love it. Love so, it. So they were having their like little like mini High Lord meeting, you know, not like a big High Lord meeting. It was just the High Lords that were standing around looking at the map. And Tarquin turns from the table and it says just as the tent flaps parted for, parted for a pair of broad shoulders varian he didn't so much as look at his high lord his focus going right to where amran sat at the head of the table as if he'd sensed she was here or someone had reported and he'd come running amran's eyes flicked up from the book of as varian halted a coy smile curved her red lips there was still blood and dirt splattered on Varian's brown skin, coating his silver armor and close-cropped white hair. He didn't seem to notice or care as he strode for Amran, and none of us dared to speak as Varian dropped to his knees before Amran's chair, took her shocked face in his broad hands, and kissed her soundly. So, I'm thinking we have a pair of mates here. Like, can you imagine being in that room? Like, you're just like, what? 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 How? awkward <laughs> you're like what what well yeah you're like how awkward because you're like i so want to say something i so want to make a face but amran will so fucking smite me into the ground <laughs> exactly i don't want to die from amran right like this is really cute and it's still not worth dying for <laughs> uh, i i and the thing is is that it's it's the one set of people in the inner circle and i think this scene is the one that kind of proves it because he just he really just kind of throws it all to the wind and it's all over like varian's there and everybody else can kind of go take a flying leap yeah 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 and i mean they both pretty much ignore anybody else in the room oh yeah like because in this case that was the end of the chapter and now this is how 63 starts and like honestly this is where i'm like okay and we could just like end the book here no i'm kidding uh, <laughs> uh so they go to dinner except for the fact that amarin and varian uh don't <laughs> they don't show up because they're too busy doing something else mm -hmm. and the actual description we get is just lovely <laughs> no no like no dinner she just wrapped her legs around his waist right there in front of us, and he'd stood, lifting her in one swift movement. I wasn't entirely sure how Varian managed to walk them out of the tent while still kissing her, Amron's hands dragging through his hair, letting out noises that were unnervingly like purring as they vanished into the camp. <laughs> like I said, I think we have a pair of mates here that never I'm... gets brought up as a pair of mates. I know. But I'm really mad because why... I why do i have to read 
about the same couple having sex over and over again, but I don't get this. I guess because it would mean that Feyre was looking in the window. <laughs> well, I guess I answered that. my own question. <laughs> there is that. Ah, uh, but once again, I beg the question: uh, Is there variant and Amron fanfic out there? Can somebody point me to one? Um. Anyway. <laughs> My I'm dying for Sarah J. Mass to confirm whether or not they're mates, but I'm almost positive I mean, they are. I don't, since I don't understand the uh, mate bond. Yeah, the mate logistics. I don't know if Amron gets one because Amron's different. Um, I don't really understand why anyone gets one, and I really feel like somebody needs to write me an essay about whether or not. The argument would be that Reese and Feyre were actually mates while she was still human. And same with Cassian and Nesta. And like, do humans get to be part of mated pairs? I would have assumed no, but. No, they are. Because. Apparently. We no, did. because. No, because. Well, I can't say that yet. But we do find out that, yes, they can be. Shh, I know, but we can't find that out now. Anyway. <laughs> like I said, I won't say anything. Anyway, I just want somebody to write me an essay about if uh, when when do we think Reese and Feyre were officially mates and same with Cassian and Nesta. Anyway, carry on. Um, my favorite thing out of this entire set of chapters, despite having multiple favorite things already, this is my favorite thing. It is what Tarquin says about Amran and Varian. He cringes and says, we'll alternate who has to deal with them on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and apparently Cassian kind of chuckles. And then this is interesting. This weird little paragraph is so interesting. Hmm. Eat Tell. or yeah, it says, eat or bed, Cassian had asked Nesta, and I honestly couldn't tell if he'd meant it in some sort of invitation. I debated telling him he was he, he was in no shape, but Nesta only said, bed, and there was certainly no invitation in the exhausted reply. I just think it's so interesting that, like, Cassian and Nesta, like, from, from what we know from Feyre, like, the two of them don't actually talk. So for this to be like an unwritten, like, yeah, I knew what you meant. It's like, really? Because nobody else fucking did. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 I feel like Faye was like, this sounds like the middle of a conversation, except you two haven't been speaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we know that Cassian and Nesta will not be sleeping in the same bed. Right. So it's like, what are we talking about? Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this has all been really fascinating. And um, though maybe it's a case of eat or bed, like eat, we can have a semi quasi date ish thing or just fuck it and go to bed. He's hurting and she's tired. Right. I mean, I think the answer is mostly like that thing I quote all the time for Grey's Anatomy and I do a bad job quoting it. I never look it up, but it's when Sandra O's character is like sitting there and she's like slumped down against the wall and she says something along the lines of like, yeah, I need to eat, but I need to shower and I need to go to bed. 
I could eat in the shower, but I'd still delay the going to bed. <laughs> so it's like she can't decide which one she's going to do first, right? And so like, yeah. I feel like that is kind of what we're hearing is basically like, I think the invitation is not to go to bed or even necessarily eat together as much as if we're going the same way, I will walk you there. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so that pretty much leaves like Reese and Feyre eating and they're tired as shit. And so they get ready for bed and bed goes well poorly because Feyre keeps having these shitty dreams, which like, yeah, you've had a shitty day. So she's like thinking about the Bryaxis as she falls asleep. And then she has dreams about like a tangled garden with thorns and then the surreal and the surreal bleeding out and the weaver. And she's just having a bad time. And then at some point she dreams of Lord Grayson and she's like, what's like this dick doing here? And she keeps dreaming of him trying to like beckon Elaine. And he's like, she's sitting there like, no, get the fuck out. Like what? Who asked you to invade my dream space? Pretty much. And then she dreams that the cauldron in the is in the war tent of, you know, King of Highburn. And she just finally, she's like, oh, she's like, I can't do this. And so she jolts awake. She's like, I'm over all of it. Like, can't, I'm can't, awake, do you know. can't, can't do this. Yeah. Um, I just think it's funny. I'm going to read this little sentence because I think this is just like so randomly thrown in there. Reese's naked body was wrapped around mine. His face softened with sleep and the blackness of the tent. I listened. Okay. A way to just randomly point out that the man does not sleep in pants, but okay. We now know. <laughs> pajamas, pajamas did not make it into his duffel bag for the war camp. <laughs> mm, no. But anyway, I just think it was like a weirdly like descriptive sentence that did not need to be there. But anyway, the point is, is she wakes up, she's irritated. She's like listening for like what woke her up, even though like she's like, well, I guess it was just my shitty dreams, right? Mm -hmm. And she hears the fire crackling outside and she hears like murmurs and she's still listening. And suddenly, you know, like, you know, that feeling of like the like, oh, you call that like goosebumps, like the... Mm -hmm little like hair standing up she gets that feeling and she's like Reese and he's like what <laughs> he's a little nicer than that but probably not much <laughs> and she says something something is here something is wrong and he immediately gets up and put, puts pants on which I think is the right move because have you ever okay this is a side story and I apologize <laughs> I don't want to share my husband's junk with the rest of the camp thanks it's mine to to enjoy. <laughs> the video of the woman who talks about how she went to bed one night and she woke up and she thought she saw like a monster and she's like, I am insane. There's no way there's a monster at the foot of my bed. But she has no idea what she's looking at. She like closes her eyes, she opens up again. She's like, I swear to God, there's something at the end of my bed. And she closes her eyes again, she opens it, she's like, No, I swear to God, there's something at the end of my bed. But she doesn't know what to do and her thought process is. I can't fight a monster. I'm not wearing a bra. 
long story short, she's not wearing her glasses and it's just like a pile of shit at the end of the bed, right? But anyway, but she's, she says that ever since then she sleeps in a bra because she really did kind of think like, oh my God, like I can't like fucking fight off an intruder with my boobs hanging out. And so like, that's all I could think was Reese wakes up and Favor's like, I have a feeling, I have a really bad feeling. And Reese is like, and I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fight off bad feelings without pants. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so anyway, he's putting on pants. And she explains that she dreamed about the cauldron and that like it was watching them. And then Reese is like, well, that's bad. What he actually says is, well, shit. And she's like, I think we opened some kind of door or something. And then... Then it gets bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. She hurries out through the tent and she finds Nesta, who is like already like beelining for her. And she's like, you hear it too, because they are both hearing something. They couldn't. Some song. They, yeah, they something. can't. Yeah, they can't identify what it is. And they're feeling something but they can't idea then identify what it is and then amarin comes beelining for them by the way she is wearing varian's shirt and varian is like stumbling out behind her like where the shirtless pants on but shirtless yeah also kindly put his pants on (laughs) the only thing that would make this women beelining for each other like what does that sound what does that sound what does that sound only thing that would make this better is if all of a sudden Cassian also showed up wearing <laughs> only pants and we had to question why he was shirtless. Anyway, but it's yeah. Well, no, he's healing. True. Boo-boo. He's healing. Okay, so see, we should just also have Cassian here with no shirt and just his pants because how fun would this be? Anyway, but absolutely. Meeny miny mo. But the point is, is actually I think this scene is going to be really cool. I think yeah. the shot over like the shoulder like come basically like the shot coming through behind Feyre like you're following Feyre and Reese out of the tent flaps and then you see mm-hmm. Nesta coming straight for them and then all of a sudden over Nesta's shoulder you see like Amarin coming straight for them with you know Varian right behind her and now you've got the three women kind of standing around in the middle all looking around like what do I hear what is this feeling what is going on as you got the camera spinning around the three of them making you very uncomfortable I can just see it I think it would be perfect Mm-hmm. Anyway, Amron says we pride too deep. Battle aside, it knows where we are as much as we know its location. And Nesta says, "Listen," and that's when they hear it. And it was a song. It says it was a song, an invitation, a cluster of notes sung by a voice that was male and female, young and old, haunting and alluring. And <sighs> Reese, being a man, is like, "I can't hear anything." Like, shut the fuck up! We didn't think you did. Like, stop. <laughs> And Amarin says, because she's nicer than me, which is, I would have been like, stop trying to mansplain. Amarin says, you were not made. But, and Mm -hmm. the unwritten part is, but we were. The three of them Mm -hmm. all were. And that's when all of a sudden, you would think that they would think of the other one, but they don't. And (laughs) they're asking, right, they're asking like, what does it want? And suddenly... Azriel shows up. I hope he's shirtless too. 
I think that should just be a thing. Anyway. I think they should all be shirtless. Yeah, I think they should all be shirtless. That's fine. Anyway, so then Asriel shows up and he says, what is that? And they're all like, you hear it too? And he says, no, but the shadows, the wind, they recoil. And so like he doesn't hear it, but he can sense whatever they're feeling. Yep, yep, yep. And finally, it's like sort of like it's not quite as strong as it was before. And so Feyre whispers that she thinks it's leaving. And now suddenly Cassian finally stumbles out of wherever he's been. He's like, what is going on out here with all the people? And finally, why are we having a convention in front of Reese and Feyre's tent? Right. Like, what are, what's the party? And more comes out, too, which, like, I don't know. I had written her off and forgot about her. So whatever. And <laughs> and so they're all standing there they're still trying to figure out like what exactly is going on but they're like you know kind of thankful that the feeling has passed a little bit and Varian explains to us in case we're stupid he like reiterates so the three of you can feel it and hear it because you were made and we was not (laughs) I mean obviously he doesn't say it that stupid but you know what I mean and everybody's like (laughs) Finally, Azriel asks what I immediately thought when I read this, which is there's not mm-hmm. three of you, there's four of you, and where the fuck is the fourth one? And Azriel says, What about Elaine? And suddenly everybody's just like, Yeah, uh, what about Elaine? Shit. And so basically, Nesta and Faye were looking at each other and they're like, What? And Nesta takes off running. And so she goes into Elaine's tent and she's yelling for her, Elaine, Elaine, Elaine. And Feyre is looking for her too. And then finally, you know, Asriel's actually right behind them. And when she's not in their tent, Nesta's about to lose her shit. And then when she sees that Asriel's coming to Elaine's tent, she's like really about to lose her shit, except for Asriel's the only one using his brain. And so he has touched her bed and notices that like her blankets are still warm. So obviously mm-hmm. she couldn't have been gone long. And that's when Feyre realizes the cauldron. Like she realizes that that whole thing where she had the dream and that she thought she could hear Grayson calling for Elaine and she thought that and she thought that she heard Grayson calling for Elaine and she thought that the cauldron was calling to someone. All of a sudden she realizes like it has lured Elaine away. And so Mm. Elaine has gone to look for Grayson at the edge of the camp, promising, you know, to love her and take her back. I will love her and pet her and keep her warm. In case you hear my kid behind me, it is what it is. <laughs> so sweet. But anyway, uh, to wrap up this chapter, as they realize where she's headed, and as they realize where she's headed, and they're going to go towards the edge of the camp, they run into Reese, who clearly has already been scouting around, and he is holding Elaine's cloak. That's still warm from her body heat. And that's the end of the chapter. Yep. Elaine yep. gone bye-bye. Yeah. I think we kind of forgot about Elaine and all the other excitement. Okay, we truly forgot about Elaine. And I'm sorry, but that is one more thing that irritates me about more. I swear to God, this has a point. My point is that more is all like, you lied to me. I was supposed to keep you safe and blah, blah, blah. Okay, what the fuck about her two fucking sisters who are just like hanging out? Like, nobody seems to give two shits about them. I don't care that they were the high lady. Like, 
You were just fine and dandy to leave Elena and Nesta on their own and lonesome, but you're worried about Feyre? Like, come on, Feyre's the only one out of all y'all that could probably hold her own. Like, come on. Definitely out of the three of them. Right, so I don't know. The whole thing seems dumb to me. But anyway, that's the end of that chapter. So, uh, get us... Chapter get 64. Us, get us the next one. I'll, I'll wrap us up. So, chapter 64... They know Elaine is gone, and Nesta is totally beating herself up. She's, you know, she's upset. And they realize that Elaine had been taken to Highburn's army. As Feyre comes to conclusion, it's Nesta had stolen something vital from the cauldron, and in those moments Nesta had hunted it down for us, the cauldron had learned what was vital to her. So the cauldron had stolen something in return. I know, which is, like, such a crazy way to think about it. It's just ridiculous and, and horrifying and scary and, oh, well, God, poor Nesta. Right, like, the fact that the cauldron is, like, so sentient is so, I don't know, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think people underestimate the cauldron being sentient, and I'm just like, okay, y'all are a hot mess. Um, anyway... Cassian's like, we're going to get her back. Don't worry about it. Like, he's trying to console and calm her down. Like he do, which we love. And Feyre's in there with them. And then she acknowledges that Reese, Amarin, and Moore are meeting with the other High Lords. Okay. I'm a little confused why Feyre's not in there. I mean, I guess I am and I guess I'm not. You know? But she is High Lady, so... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I find it weird. It's a little weird, which is still a really cute thought when you stop and think about it. Because like when I first read it, it was like, oh, we'll get her back. Like, you know, it's it's fine. I kind of missed the part where like that's I don't know. That's what Nesta and Feyre are saying is like they realize what Cassian's saying is that like he'll do it. He'll do that for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. wow, it goes from just being like a cute gesture of like, don't worry, don't stress. We're going to figure this out to really his offer of no, I will figure this out. Which mm-hmm. is really sweet, but yeah, also really stupid. <laughs> it is sweet. I mean, he's a general. I know why he's thinking that way. I do. But he doesn't need to because all of a sudden, out of the shadows, Azriel appears. Super Az. We have Super Az. And Super Az has appeared and he is like, I'm getting her back. And Nesta's like, then you're gonna die. Like you do. And Nesta's like, I mean, Azrael's like, I'm getting her back. <laughs> like, he's pissed. Which I'm obsessed with because I feel like Azrael's pissed for, like, multiple reasons. I feel like he's pissed because he's like, don't tell me what to do. He's pissed because Elaine, like, wandered off. And then he's also pissed because he's like, why did none of us notice that Elaine wandered off? Like, we saw exactly. this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he's pissed because Highburn fucking took her. So we'll we'll add that to the mix. Right, right. Um, and Pharaoh's thinking, you know, well, because of the shadows, actually, you know, Azrael might stand a chance. And Pharaoh kind of has a little bit of a flash to Elaine with some insight, and and she remembered that one year that Elaine bought her the paint. You know, Pharaoh couldn't bring bring it upon herself to spend money on herself, but Elaine did. Elaine spent money on Feyre. Yeah. It's kind of, I guess, the kick in the ass that Feyre needed. And she's like, I'm going with you. 
And of yeah. course, Cassian's like, you're never going to get that far into the camp. And Feyre's like, no, I'm going to walk right on in. And, and as they all know, there's our brows. Looking at her like she's like full of shit. Remember, she inherited shape-shifting from Tamlin. Handy. Handy little trick. Cool bar trick. Like the party trick. And all of a sudden, Feyre looks like Ianthe. Genius. So she is literally going to walk in looking like Ianthe. Of course, Nesta being Nesta being the pragmatist that Nesta is, is like, you know, they may already know she's dead. I mean, which is a fair point. I kind of thought it too, but whatever. Maybe, maybe not. This is Ianthe we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I really don't think I really don't think they put two and two together. I'll be real honest. My guess is is that, you know, they think she's off doing God knows whatever with whoever. Chances are she's so fucking annoying that they're just glad she's not been around for a little while. Anyway, so, you know, Farrah kind of freaks them all out because she looks like Ianthe and that's like freaked out Cassian. Of course, Farrah does acknowledge that her magic is now, she hadn't rested enough to regain anything from earlier, really. But little she had regained is now gone, basically, by forcing this change. But I get it. I know where she's coming from. Um, And she's like, you know, I might not have enough to keep my feature, to keep her features in place, but there were other ways, roots, for the rest of what I needed. And so Feyre's like, she looks at Az and she's like, I need one of your siphons. You know, it's not the same color as as what's nuts as Ianthe's, uh, but it's yeah. close, right? Yeah. And then she looks at Cassie and she's like, where's the blacksmith? Do you see where this is going? I saw where this was going. I knew where this was going. Oh, yeah. You get a snowflake. And Feyre had taken some silver candlesticks out of her tent with the with the the siphon. And she takes it to the blacksmith, who is a fey blacksmith. And he uses magic and he makes one of the little crown whatever thingies that they wear with the the stones right right right. circlets that's what they're called circlets i I had tiara i had crown i had everything but circlet in my head oh well it's been a day people anyway (laughs) so in the time that that's happening asriel goes off runs down and finds the camp priestess and borrows an extra set of robes from her yep cassian and asriel are sharpening weapons reese comes stalking in and she looks favor looks up at reese and she's like he's gonna sense your power and reese is like i know and at which point you know favor acknowledges the look on his face and realizes that the other high lords had come up with absolutely zilch zero nothing yep up and so then favor starts to shake a little because she's like Shit, you know, the odds really are not good, but this is probably the best plan we got. She goes, because she's thinking, I was in Nesta's head. I saw that army. I know what we're walking into. Fuck, 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 fuck. Reese is like, look, there are wards around it. You're going to have to walk in. You can't winnow in. And Farrah's nodding. She kind of had already figured that one out. And he's finally like, 
Ianthe sold out your sisters. It's only fitting that you use her to get Elaine back. And then he's like, do not get distracted. Do not linger. You are a warrior, and warriors know when to pick their fights. So, Reese is acknowledging that in all of this, Feyre is doing the right thing. She's the only one who really can. And she's taking as, so he can't really be too upset because she's taking as. But I have to, like, I'm reading this quote because Reese gives her one more, like, kind of little pep talk. And any of our fans out there who have ever read the Throne of Glass series will understand why I have this highlighted and tagged and the whole bit, like, all over it. Because Reese tells her, you do not fear, you do not falter, you do not yield. You go in, get her, and you come out again. But the first couple of sentences, you do not fear, you do not falter, you do not yield. I'm having serious throwing a glass. Flashbacks here, people. I'm thinking of Aelin. Call me crazy. Like, it's there because she talks about not yielding either. Anyway, kind of a similar situation. A little different, but similar. Tell me what you think because I want to know. I want to know if I'm the only one who thinks that when I read it because I swear to God I was having serious thrown a glass vibe. I can already tell you the book talk agrees with you. Oh, well, hey, I feel better because I'm like, dude, hello, Easter egg. Big fat Easter egg. And so Feyre starts buckling on all these weapons that Cassian has been sharpening for her. And she realizes she can't take an Illyrian sword because there's no way to conceal it under the cloak. Because she's only wearing the cloak. She's wearing her Illyrian leathers underneath it. So they give her another dagger. <laughs> like She's kind of weighted down with daggers, but they give her another one. Okay. And then Reese walks up to Az using his high lordiness. And he is like, there's no other way I know how to explain it. And he's like, you get them in and out. I don't care how many of them you have to kill to do it. They both come out. And it, Azriel says, I swear it, high lord. I don't think I have ever heard yeah. Azriel saying words like that to him. No. So I think I think we can all safely say that the shit's about to go down. It's well, serious. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. He's taking this seriously. I mean, Asriel's already the more serious of the bunch, but yeah. For him to kind of throw that down like that, oh my god. Hello. So anyway, she and As are getting ready to leave. She, they look to Reese, Cassian, Nesta, and then to more, literally as she appears. And right as they go to that, right as her eyes go to go to um, Asriel and Feyre, they disappear. Azrael has wintered them away. And when they get there, she acknowledges night is still overhead. So the good news is they still have a couple hours of nighttime to kind of use the darkness to their advantage. And they were on the outskirts of the camp. And knowing that, you know, she acknowledges that, you know, he, the king had used basically the same spell that Reese had used to protect Valaris, to protect his camp. And somehow Azrael had been able to land inside of them. Thanks to Nesta's little magic trick of 
stones and bones. Anyway, they get ready to walk in. And I have to read this last little bit because this, I, I'm just blown away the the image. And I, I want to see this on TV. I hope to God they do this because I want to see this happen. I think it's going to be so, so, so cool. Pharaoh acknowledges, Azrael silently faded into blackness until he was my own shadow and nothing more. It's kind of like a Peter Pan moment almost, you know? <laughs> Yeah, has become yeah. a shadow. I know it's weird, but that's kind of where I went. Anyway, I get you. Farrah kind of prepares herself mentally, double checks everything, makes sure she's covered up under the cloak, and she starts walking right in to the army camp for Highburn. And that is the end of the chapter. Oi. Talk about a cliffhanger. Yeah. Lots of tension. Lots of tension, people. Oi. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I don't even know what to say. Now, I will tell you, you mentioned 80%. Yeah. My nook says 79 Interesting. IDK. Who knows? I don't know. It's weird. All right. Well, Kim. Close enough for government work, right? I mean, close enough for government work. But also, I think that it's close enough. Oh, no. Don't be. Don't be loud. But I also think that it's close enough to the end of the podcast to do our song list. I can do that. I had some fun songs. I'm kind of excited. Um, I, I have to admit, I wasn't, I was not expecting, not expecting to come up with nine songs for this five chapter section. I was like, oh, there's not I enough know. going on. When you told me that, I was like, what? I know. Crazy. But I think I did a good job, and I I have a couple that I think are really good. One in particular, well, one in particular made you just crack up. I know. So, without further ado, our songs. Number one is Monster by Willie Echo. Uh, When Farrah shuts Ianthe and Highburn into the Weaver's Cottage. We're not sure who the monster is, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Is it the weaver? No. We never know. Uh, Song number two is That's Not My Name by the Ting Tings. (laughs) I love it. And that's for when Favorite asks Suri what Suri's name is, because she knows the surreal is a title, not the name. Right. Which Suri doesn't give her. Yeah. But I just thought that was kind of appropriate. Yeah, with the What's your name? That's not my name. Yeah, right. It's not her name. Or his name or its name. Yeah, we don't even know its gender identity. They, them. That's all I can think of is they are they, them. Um, so song number three is I Just Died in Your Arms by Cutting Crew. And it's when the <laughs> Soriel dies. Yeah. Basically. And 
Daenerys arms. Kind of sad, but strangely oddly appropriate. I was going to say, but also like a little on the nose, which makes it a little funny. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number four <laughs> is Smoke It's In Your Eyes, the platters version, the really any version of the song that you want to go with, Knock Yourself Out. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. I love it. Um, and it's when Helian is burning the Serial's body and then he winnows Feyre away and the ashes kind of go flying into the air. Um, song number five is Brothers in Arms by Celtic Thunder and it's when Reese and Cass are kind of tearing into each other after Reese has lit Cass up for not following directions and orders. Song number six, this is this is kind of my mic drop song in this episode. So um, Varian realizes Nesta, uh, not Nesta, that Amran is there. Aww. Interrupts the meeting and just kind of ignores the fact that, well, they both kind of start sucking face and kind of glue themselves to each other and ignore the fact that there's a tent full of people around them. Both their high lords are in there. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, who cares? They walk out. They walk out. So, um, for that particular beautiful moment, I picked I Want Your Sex by George Michael. I love it! Because, you know, we know what they're going off to do. There is no two shakes in my mind what's going on. Um, then, song seven and eight basically go together. Um, the first one is The Mystic's Dream by Lorena McKennett. Um, <clears throat> And it's when Feyre is dreaming about the cauldron and Grayson and sure. just weird shit and it wakes her up. And then the next song is Mordred's Lullaby by Heather Dale. And it's the cauldron actually stealing Elaine away. And, you know, that last little bit of music that they all kind of heard at the very sure. end. And then this is my weird Broadway moment. <clears throat> Um, the last song is You'll Never Walk Alone, which is originally from Carousel by Rodgers and Hammerstein. Nice. There's beautiful versions of it. But the Dropkick Murphys, if you want kind of a more modern, fun, rocky kind of rock version, um, Dropkick Murphys did a version. It's, it's actually good. It's really good, actually. I like it. I like the Mur Dropkick Murphys, if you couldn't tell by now, but I like them. Um, and <clears throat> it's quite literally for that last little bit at the end of 64 when Azrael kind of fades himself down to become Feyre's shadow at the edge of the Highburn camp. That's Love it. it. I thought I did good this time. I thought I had some good ones there. I think you had some good ones too. I mean, not that I don't, but you know what I mean. Like I know what you mean. I like it. <laughs> I was having some fun there. Like I said, I wasn't expecting nine songs. And if you like us and you like our songs and you want to tell us things, you can tell us things on the internet. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or social media. Exactly. I'm always trying to figure out a way to tie these into the end, dude. <laughs> so uh, find us on all the things with two A's, like Sarah J. Mass's name. Oh. Mm hmm website massivefansbookclub.com facebook at massivefansbookclub and podcast twitter at massivepodcast instagram at massivefanpodcast pinterest at massivefans and tiktok at massivefanpod mm -hmm. and my child says mm. <laughs>
a la Cookie Monster. Because uh, is she over this whole recording thing? Yes. Yes, she is. She's she's done. <laughs> but you also have a plate of cookies in front of you. Oh, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> and you're not sharing. And I'm not sharing. He too little. <laughs> you're not sharing them with me either. You too far away. <laughs> I know. I just have to harass you because I can more than anything. I, I understand. Well, if you made it this far, I'm sorry. You can have uh, mental cookies of love from me. <laughs> That's right. Maybe I'll make some and share them next time. Mentally. And now, and now if you've made it this far, you got to hear my kid whine about how long we've been recording. So now you know what it's really like, people. Wine and babies everywhere. <laughs> you know, it hasn't been. Well, we didn't do that bad. We didn't do too bad. All right. Do you want to help us, little girl? Do you want to say it with us? Wanna, no. Want to try? Okay. Okay. <gasps> okay. Bye.